Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs, Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. Join us as we interview experts who share their knowledge and experience to provide actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelly and Toby live every Wednesday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. Uh, We were going to be talking about uh, courses and, and memberships, but... Brand new research was just released from Edison Research, sponsored by several different uh, podcast hosts, including Podbean and Podcast Movement, Spreaker, PRX, and all sorts of uh, great sponsors in the podcast space. And we are excited to be able to present those statistics and give you our input on that st- on those statistics and what they mean for us and for you as well as a podcaster. Since uh, we felt that since they applied to podcasters, and although it is good solid research, Edison Research always produces top notch uh, research when it comes to the podcasting industry. Uh, we have some opinions on the matter of how the 45 plus, now we think of ourselves as 55 plus, but the 45 plus age group is uh, treated. um, And one of their complaints or perhaps even criticisms in their observations was that the 45 plus age group is underrepresented in podcasting, meaning there are no, there are very few creators that are 45 plus. Therefore, they feel that the audience the 45 plus audience is not only underrepresented, but uh, underrepresented when it comes to podcasting. So, um, and and underserved, right. That's, that's actually the word that I was looking for underserved rather than uh, underrepresented. So we want to talk about that because we're in that age group, we're in that demographic and we have our opinions on the matter and um, we'd like to help Edison research, maybe get some, set some expectations about what needs to be done. All right. And, and these statistics were gathered from uh, quarter two, three, four of 2021 and quarter one of 2022. So that gives you an idea of uh, the time period that uh, they're referring to. You ready? Oh, you just hit remove. <laughs> there we go. Oh, okay. And this is called the Sounds Profitable uh, Research Study. And it's the people behind the podcasts, the creators, podcasters. And we're going to learn about them today. Having worked as a consultant to a research company, I can tell you that you can see right here, there's a little notation was sponsored by uh, these companies, including Pod News, PRX, who's one of my favorites, Podbean, which is a, uh, a hosting uh, company, Red Circle, Speaker, and the podcast movement. The reason that's important is because when a company like this does this kinds of this kind of research, they look for people to sponsor the research, pay for the research so that they can do a credible job of doing the research without having to be underfunded. So this looks like a well-funded project. I was really impressed with the number of people and the quality of people that uh, acted as sponsors in the project. 
All right. So the podcast industry's first credible data on the people who make podcasts. Pretty exciting. Uh, data is derived from Edison Podcast Metrics, a continuously sampled online survey of weekly podcast consumers weighted to demographics from Infinite Dial. And it's a sample of 617 weekly podcast listeners over 18, 18 plus, who currently produce or have ever produced a podcast. The data was collected through quarter two, 2021, through quarter one, 2022. And the limitations are the data was collected over a longer time frame, most of four quarters, and which means it can change over the course of the data collection. And the data is sampled from weekly podcast listeners and not less frequent or lapsed listeners and should not be used for market sizing. And what that means basically is one of the first questions they had asked was, how often do you listen to podcasts? And then they give you choices, daily, weekly, semi-monthly, uh, semi monthly, etc. Or I used to listen, but I don't anymore. So they focused on the one whose answer was, I listen to podcasts at least weekly. They may even ask a, a second question about how many different podcasts do you listen to, but that was not included in this uh, research. So uh, they give us a sampling of what is the U.S. population versus what are the population of podcast creators so that we can see the difference there. In the U.S. population, uh, the division between men and women is 49% men and 51% women. That's because we kill ourselves earlier. Well, that's just how it is. Uh, there's more women because uh, we live women, longer. Women have a higher birth rate. They live longer, and men kill themselves faster than women. Yeah. And I, I don't mean suicide. I mean accidents, dangerous stunts, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah. And more genetic uh, predispositions, mm -hmm. diseases, and sorts of yeah. things. As compared to podcast creators, which is 69% men and 29% women, and 2% non-binary or other, or those who did not choose to answer man or woman. So uh, I noticed that uh, non-binary or other, we met several people at the She Podcasts conference last October that were non-binary or uh, preferred other over being categorized as, uh, as either one of the primary gender. Um, so they're out there and they seem to be very active in that. What surprised me was the number of men who are podcasters versus women. I, I thought I've always believed, and Shelly, I think we'll back this up, that uh, podcasting is a great way for anyone to amplify their voice. But since women's voices tend to be under amplified just by the nature of uh, media, I thought I felt like podcasting would be a great way for them to take advantage of, of it to amplify their voices. Now, that there's no comparison. I don't know where this statistic was, for example, five years ago. So it may have increased. It could have doubled. And these are all hypotheses. So it's it, I'm going to guess that in five years it's grown, but I still feel like women are underrepresented in the podcasting community. And... Uh, women have a lot to say, and I think a lot of what they have to say is important. And so I know I'd like to see more women in the community. And 
We don't necessarily target women as our clients to help them move forward, but we're always happy when we can help someone of the female gender uh, move forward with their podcasting or live streaming. And then, of course, the U.S. population for age ranges uh, are pretty pretty even between all the different ages. So I'm going to move this over to you because it's harder for you to see it. On that side, I'll just control it from here. Did oh, you I can do that move right? it back when you're ready to talk about it. We can just swing it back and forth. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, uh, U.S. population, and they start with um, 18 to 24, which is 13%. Right age 25 to 34, which is 18%. Age 35 to 44, 18%. Age 45 to 54, 19%. And age 55 to 64 is 16% and is an age 65 and older is 16%. And as we know, the uh, baby boomer population is growing. The retirement community is growing. Uh, the Gen Z is a smaller subset of the population. And so uh, we're going to see the, the older people, in that demographic, <clears throat> that demographic is just going to continue to grow. So why don't you talk about the podcast creators? So, and remember, this is not just, these are podcast listeners who also create podcasts. All right. So that's the context here. But as you can see, there's the majority of them by a significant amount. So there's uh, 25 uh, th- plus 33, 58 plus, no, I can do it from here. I can actually see it. <laughs> plus another uh, 28. So nearly 90% of podcast creators are between the ages of uh, 18 and 44. And that's a pretty significant percentage. When you compare it to this right here, this is that same percentage, which makes up less than half the population, but nearly 90% of podcast creators. Here's our group, the age 55 plus, at least they sampled it and not just categorized 45 plus. So I'm glad that they sampled it, but it was good to see that 2% of the podcast creators population is 55 plus, and we're privileged and honored to uh, consider ourselves in that category, uh, that age group of podcast creators. And of course, ethnicity for the US, the United States is 63% white, um, 13% African-American, 14% Hispanic, Latino, uh, Asian is 5% and other or did, did not categorize was 5%. And in comparison to podcast creators, it's actually a little bit uh, better. Because more diverse. Yeah. More diverse because uh, the white population is 51%, which is still a lot. Uh, a little over half of podcasters are white. Um, but the Hispano Hispanic Latino group is uh, quite large. It's 24%, which is more than their percentage in the population. So that has uh, really grown over the last few years. Um, African-American is at 14%. Asian is at 5%. And other is at 6%. Um, so we're, we're getting more and more diverse in the podcasting community, which is really, really wonderful. So one of the important things to remember is that in the two, 2010 census, I'm assuming this is the 2020 census, um, that African-Americans represented 17% of the population. Uh, in the current census, they represent 13%. That is not because there are fewer African-Americans. That is because the Hispanic Latino population is increasing 
as a percentage of the population. So in 2010, we were approximately, we were just under 300 million. 2020, we're 340 million. Um, and we have a higher percentage of Hispanic and Latino, uh, uh, de- a higher percentage of the Hispanic Latino demographic. And so, so they are represented a little bit higher uh, as well in the podcast creators. And I, being Hispanic Latino, uh, was very pleased to see that uh, this Hispanic Latino demographic is oversampling over uh, it's not oversampling in uh, terms of their podcasting. So they only represent 14% of the population, but 24% of the uh, podcast creators. So that's a pretty good number. And I was happy to see that as well. I think they've done a lot in that community to raise awareness of podcasting. And and that's one of the things they're going to, I don't necessarily know that they talked about underrepresented populations uh, other than the ones that were underrepresented as a result of economics. And I don't feel like the, the Hispanic Latino is a matter of um, economics. I think it's a matter of them amplifying their voices. I think they really have used it to amplify your, their voices. If you listen to their podcasts. And when we see education in the U.S. population, uh, there's 42% is high school or less, and 29% is some college, 19% is a four-year college degree, 7% some graduate credits, and 3% have an advanced degree. So again, you can see in terms of U.S. population, when you get from some college four-year degree to some graduate to uh, advanced degree, you're talking uh, probably 55% of the population total other than high school. But when you see it in terms of podcast creators, you'll see that again, uh, 90% of the podcast creators population is represented by some college, four-year college or advanced uh, degrees. And so education- Advanced degrees is 40%, that's huge. Yeah, well, when you compare it here, where advanced degrees, they combined, they actually combined advanced degrees. And and I'm I'm sure that was meant a combination because here they show advanced degrees in orange and some graduate credits here. Mm-hmm. Uh, here it's only shown as advanced degrees. So I'm going to guess that that advanced degrees also includes some graduate credits. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to make that number. And there's no orange in the pie chart here. Mm-hmm. But again, when you compare it to some college four-year degree and some advanced uh, degrees, some uh, uh, graduate credits and advanced degrees, it's just overwhelming in terms of the population. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, self-confidence. So if you have an advanced degree, you're likely to be more confident in yourself and uh, try new things and uh, do things that are on the leading edge of technology, such as podcasting. And if you're graduating... If you're graduating from high school this year, there's a very good chance you are familiar with uh, the technologies associated with podcasting because they're so common. You carry Anchor, for example, as a podcasting application that you carry on your phone that enables you to record, enables you to cut uh, clips in, etc. So uh, these kids have that technology, and I'm going to expect that a lot of these that we see in high school is going to continue to grow and add as they go through uh, their college uh, periods. So um, I think that's a good indication of uh, the growth of it through education. I'm going to have to go get some water. Okay, I'll be right back. Will you? Take this next slide. Okay. 
Next slide is about <coughs> employment, those who are employed full-time, and, and this is still podcasters. Uh, this are, these are podcasters, not just people in, in the United States, but podcasters, and those who are employed full-time are 73%. Employed part-time is 7%. Temporarily unemployed is 7%. Homemaker is 3%. Retired is 2%. <laughs> Student is 4% and other is 4%. Uh, so retire 2%. That's kind of interesting. Uh, again, that's that 55 plus demographic that is sampling so small. Um, but I have a feeling that it is larger than we think and that it, they just uh, somehow missed sampling them. Somehow uh, the people they reached out to they need to find other avenues of reaching out so that they will get uh, input from that older crowd that is in that retirement uh, community. But it is good to see that even though people are full-time employed, they can still manage to get out a podcast. 73% uh, of those people do that. Um. So these are the podcasters that are fully employed, that, yeah. the big purple one. Yeah, I thought that was an important uh, concept because it means that people are making time. They, they, what's happening is like any other avocation or hobby, they're turning it into their avocation and <laughs> do a little <laughs> slide of avocation or hobby and making time for it. And podcasting, you know, depending on the show and how familiar you are with the subject matter. So if your hobby is, um, is uh, trout fishing, and you're familiar, very familiar with the subject matter, it's pretty easy to put a podcast together, especially if you have lots of friends uh, who um, who are uh, fisher, fisher people as well, uh, because then you have a, a constant stream of guests uh, to talk over the subject. And remember, podcasting is kind of a different animal. It's not like live streaming where you can have a colorful presentation to support it. You have to do it all with audio. Uh, and you're not going to have the ability to share pictures with your audience. So it, there has to be a lot of conversation involved. And it, we've talked about how to structure a podcast in previous shows, so we're not going to do that here today. But the implication is that if you have a little bit of time on your hands, you've got time for to create a podcast. And the nice thing about it is the tools that are out there. You know, 10 years ago, it would have required a lot of effort, uh, including editing, you know, the pre pre-processing stuff um, before you were able to get it up. And then you, you, if you're lucky, you have a WordPress template. Now the tools are there and available to you. The technology is available to you and the applications are available to you. And of course, if you're working full time, you can afford to pay somebody yeah. to edit. Yeah, exactly. And we know people who do both pay their editors and who do editing. So if you have any, uh, if you have any concerns about that, let us know. We can help. And the income in the U.S. population, they talk about... Um, so starts here with under, under 25,000 is 24%, uh, 25,000 to 49,999 is 24%. So that's your half, half the population is under 50,000 a year. Uh, then you have 50 to 74,999 and that's at 18%. 75,000 to just under 100,000 is 12%. 100,000 to 149,999 is 12%. 150,000 or more is 10%. So um, yeah, about half and half of people who are, you know, considered on the lower end of income. And they may be only part-time uh, part employees, so. Mm -hmm. Or 
gig workers. So there's two things to uh, note here about the podcast creators. And that is there's people who make under 25,000 a year, 12% of the podcast creators population uh, that are podcasting. And that it's very similar to the 13% of 150,000 or more, which to me is an indication of podcasting being a great equalizer. You don't have to be making big money to do it. When you're doing a sample like this, uh, when you're uh, doing a survey and you get a sample like this, your tendency is to throw out the bottom in the top uh, and just say, here's where my potential market is for whatever I'm doing. And as you can see, that potential market is probably 80% between $25,000 and uh, $150,000 um, worth of podcasting. And uh, the, although this shows up a higher number, right, that 25% make 150000 or more, um, you can see that they're represented all the way from 25000 to 50000 uh, but even more importantly, they're represented at under 25000 So even though you're making under 25000 this is technology that's accessible to you. Anchor has anchor.fm, one of the podcasting um, hosts and distributors uh, that we use, um, has a free version. And the only limitations are the number of podcasts per month and uh, the number of listeners uh, per month. And the numbers are reasonable. They're kind of made for your new podcasters. So. You don't need to be in the money to podcast. Accessible. And employment of podcasters, mostly work from home, is 46%. 46%. Uh, mostly work outside the home is 37%. And work from home and outside the home equally is 17%. So those might be your part-timers um, who also do a, uh, a side, you know, treat this as a side gig, uh, podcasting and making money from that. You know what the only bad thing about using the StreamYard slides feature? What's that? Is it's that size. If we were using a share screen feature, we could have a full-sized uh, document here to work you could work with. So, uh an example of someone who works from home works from home or outside home equally uh is my son-in-law Francis. He's a realtor, uh and most of the time he works from home. Um but he has to go out on weekends for his calls, weekends and weeknights. So it's a combination. My, his wife, my daughter, Toby Renee, uh, works from home. She works for a company in Sweden. Um, and she works here in the United States. She's a sales professional and uh, works from home uh, and communicates regularly with her team uh, at the office. So I think this number is impacted by the manner in which uh, Employment has changed over the time of the pandemic. A lot more of us are working at home, not in our own businesses or maintaining our own, uh, our own, uh, well, business. Uh, but we're working from home because uh, that's what our employer has decided was best for them. I just noticed that Google, I think, is requiring their employees to return to the office. They've given them two months to make the transition. So. So kind of, it doesn't make any difference whether you're working at home or work mostly outside of the home. And these are creators who drive workplace purchases and the percent participating in purchase decisions as a part of job function. So those who are employed um, and making purchasing decisions and also are podcasting. And that's 80% that are doing that. 
<laughs> making those decisions. Yeah. So the implication is that if you are employed or self-employed, and of course, if you're self-employed, it's natural that you're going to be in that 80%. But the implication here is that 80% of podcast creators in uh, some way or the other um, uh, participate in purchasing decisions either for themselves or for their employer. So for example, <clears throat> if Shelly and I are going to buy a new application, we discuss it first. She actually usually finds it first, lets me know it's available and, and kind of tells me what it is. And we agree whether to buy it or not. And um, if on the other hand, Shelly was working for another company uh, she might, she would be the expert when it came to technologies associated with StreamYard, uh, uh, streaming and podcasting and book publishing, et cetera. So she could be participating in those. The implication there is that uh, that's why advertising to uh, podcast listeners who happen to be creators is important because they listen to the advertising in order to determine whether or not it might apply some time to them in the future in this decision-making process. So that's the point of this part of this particular uh, piece of the, the research. And again, the creators drive workplace pur purchases. Does the financial responsibility for making workplace purchase decisions lie with you? 88% said yes. And then look at this. So uh, 80% say that they participate. As a part of their job function. Right. 88% say it's left up to me. The financial responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So again, that could be me and Shelley. So I'm... We we discussed the decision. The financial responsibility is left to me because it comes out of uh, an account that is dedicated to business expenses. So I I have to say okay to that account. Although we don't anymore. I just tell you to sign in and do it anymore. Well, we don't buy that much. <clears throat> True. Anymore. Now we have most of our stuff set up. Creators overly index as Democrats. Found this interesting. When it comes to political matters, do you usually think of yourself as a Democrat? 57% said Democrat. 17% said Republican. 18% uh, said Independent. And 8% said Other or Not Applicable. So I guess you could draw a conclusion that Republicans are not interested in technologies like podcasting. I don't think necessarily that's solid. I think, again, Democrats like the idea, I assume, I'm a Democrat, Shelley's Democrat. Um, I assume they just... But they didn't give us an, an estimate of how many in the U.S. population either. I mean, we could assume that uh, the, the, uh, the majority of Americans are Democrat, or at least 57% of them are. Which would be an inaccurate assumption because we know that the U.S. population is almost equally represented between people who uh, lean Democratic, people who lean Republican, independents, and people who just don't give a damn. And, and, I, and I'm saying that with all due respect, right? I mean, they, they just don't vote or they don't care about politics. And so the pop that's, if you do a survey, there's this, you know, 30-30-30-10, uh, 30 Democrat, 30 Republican, 30 Independent, and 10 that I, I don't vote. So it, that's why they say it's over-indexed as mm -hmm. a Democrat, meaning 
uh, if you compare it to the U.S. population, there are a higher percentage of, of people that claim to be Democrats who podcast than there are Republicans. The Republicans in this case under index because mm -hmm. we know there are about 30 percent of the population. Well, that follows along with media in general. I mean, media in general, uh, if you look at all the media that's out there, say you even just take a sampling of all late night hosts, <laughs> right? Democratic uh, principles are being... Uh, demonstrated in those but, media outlets. I agree to a certain extent, but if we look up that little uh, diagram that I shared that one time on our show where it shows media placement in terms of uh, political spectrum and where they fall on the bell curve, it's almost, you can split that bell curve right down the middle and this is going to be to the left of the bell curve and this is going to be to the right. Uh, so, but I think I, I, I'm not sure what conclusion they were trying to draw other than they are overly indexed as Democrat, under-indexed as Republicans. But I, I, as a podcaster, <clears throat> as a podcaster, uh, I don't know uh, what conclusion they're trying to draw. Maybe when we see the observations, we'll have a better idea what they were trying to uh, tell us there. Well, and of course... It skews younger, right? It does so skew younger. Yeah. If it's skewing younger, you could also say younger people are more on the Democrat side. Uh, so, yeah, creators pass on their love of podcasts to their children, not just their children, of course, to their families in general. And friends. Because my bro my husband was listening to podcasts way before I was. Mm -hmm. uh, but the percent whose children listen to podcasts is 66%. And my children listen to podcasts. My husband listens. Our whole family does. I think it's in the nature of the past 10 years worth of evolution towards um, the manner in which we use, especially our smartphones. Mm -hmm. They've become an all-purpose tool. Mm -hmm. uh, and a podcast is an easy way. To, it's easy to download. It's not video, so it comes yeah. down quickly. And, and when I was visiting my parents, yeah. I, I had set up a Google Nest in their home, and I was listening to podcasts on it. Mm -hmm. uh, in particular, I was listening to one called Stroke Cast, which talks about uh, recovering from a stroke. And they'd walk into the room while I was listening to it, and they'd be very fascinated that that was mm -hmm. something that that, that they could that get and listen to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do it uh, puttering around the house. It's easy for me because you can't. <clears throat> it's hard to watch uh, the Tour de France when you're puttering around the house. You, yeah. You've got to sit down and watch it. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense to you. But uh, with a podcast, you can put it around the house and. Put your. Uh, I've I've learned that the earpods. Um, I can put my phone in one place and putter around doing stuff, and the earpods will pick up the signal, the Bluetooth uh, signal, any place in the house. So it's kind of neat. Mm -hmm. Creators are exceptionally active users of social media. Uh, percent of podcast creators who currently ever use the service uh, for YouTube is number one at 94%. That's really high. Uh, Instagram is 88%. Facebook, 88%. Twitter, 78%. TikTok, 72%. Snapchat, 70%. WhatsApp, 63%. LinkedIn, 62%. Reddit, 61%. And Clubhouse, 24%. And I'm pretty sure Clubhouse is dropping a lot uh, <laughs> since this was done uh, because they actually sampled this during a time when Clubhouse was very popular and it's not really very popular any longer. So Amanda says. Extremely helpful for understanding. Yeah, if you're going to be a podcaster, it is. That's right. 
I swallowed a grasshopper while I was out for my work. Mm. Okay. So this, uh, I think I can pretty much agree with because this represents kind of my um, social media use. I, YouTube is my primary, then followed by Instagram. I have channels on both, of course, so that helps. I do have a Facebook page, but I spend less and less time there. And I have a limited number of people. I limit my friends to somewhere between 30 and 40 that are actual friends of, you know, intimate knowledge of one another and uh, family. Um, I don't use, I used to use Twitter a lot, but I don't anymore. And then I am a TikTok viewer. I do have a TikTok channel, but I don't put anything on it. I like the viewer. Cat video, videos make me happy. So. And with me, um, YouTube's number one, but number two is LinkedIn. Oh, that's true. It yeah. is for you. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, I do have a LinkedIn account, but I don't use it. I, I haven't used it much since I retired, uh, although I keep uh, my account up to date and uh, active. Social media brand usage. Uh, so this is the total U.S. population over the age of 12 using social media brand. Facebook, 63%. Instagram, 46%. TikTok, 36%. Pinterest, 28%. Twitter, 27%. Snapchat, 27%. And LinkedIn, 21%. And that's interesting that so few people use LinkedIn in this group. So um, what interested me, of course, Facebook and Instagram are the same brand. They're part of the meta brand and they're intimately connected. So when I post something to my Instagram account, it automatically posts to my Facebook account as well. Uh, and that's why I like the relationship. Uh, I, I, when I first heard that Facebook was acquiring Instagram, I wasn't happy about it because I'm not a big Facebook fan. But it's helpful in the sense that they're connected well enough that I only have to post something once on Instagram, automatically post to Facebook, and I don't have to worry about it. Um, TikTok, I think, is very youth-oriented, and this is from the 12 and up age group, and I think they could have probably broken it up by age, and TikTok would have probably gone to the top for that 12 to 18 group, and maybe even the 18 to 24. Um, but again, these are probably my primary short of YouTube. Pinterest is the one that always kind of interested me. I, I When it first came out back in, I think it was the late 2000s, I got an account and I used it a little bit, but I just didn't get the, I just didn't get the model. I didn't quite understand uh, the benefit to it, but there are a lot of people obviously that do use it. Yeah. Um, good... And I think LinkedIn is tapping more and more into the creator economy and uh, giving us extra tools as creators. So I think I would I would guess that LinkedIn numbers will continue to rise over the next few years. And, and remember, these uh, represent more than 100% of the population. So the implication is, is that these are ordered in use and any one person that's a Facebook user, the 63% can be a user of Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's a pretty good overall number. 21% for LinkedIn, I think is really good. Creators share and follow podcasts on social media. The percent of podcast creators who have ever engaged in the behavior of sharing podcasts on social media. Uh, we have 84% who shared a podcast on social media. 86% followed a podcast host on social media. And 87% followed a podcast on social media. A podcast. Followed a podcast versus, so they oh, see, shared. They see right. about a podcast on social media and then they go check it out and follow it. And and that's pretty much what I do. Occasionally, I've, I have several podcasts that I follow, mostly political, uh, and occasionally I'll share one of them. 
but most of the time it's very, uh, it's my personal thing. Not everybody's interested in politics in the way that I am when it comes to podcasting. So, I, you know, one of the things that we're going to see in just a minute that the favorite podcasting topic is comedy. And that's, I, I, that's one thing I don't listen to. I know. I didn't say anything on there that was about me. Yeah. Many creators own both an iPhone and an Android device. I do. I own an iPhone and my tablet is a Samsung Android. So I do have both. And I think it really is good to understand both operating systems uh, so that it, as a content creator, you should know, uh, at least understand the you know, the simple basics of operating something in iOS or in Android um, or in Windows. Uh, and so 71% own an iPhone and 71% own an Android device. So I own iOS smart devices, but I do have a Chromebook. And of course, this is Windows. I don't have, I don't think I have anything that's Android. I don't, I don't know that I ever have. Mm -hmm. Actually, I did once, and I gave it to you. <laughs> so, again, what they're uh, saying since 71%. computers are Windows-based. Yeah, 71% yeah, of the respondents said they had an iPhone. 71% um, said they had an Android. That means there's a percentage that have both. That's the conclusion yeah. they're drawing from this. Many creators are active users of smart audio. And... Those who ever listen to podcasts on smart speakers, such as an Alexa or a Google Nest, 36% uh, of weekly podcast listeners listen on a smart speaker, and 65% of podcast creators listen to podcasts on a smart speaker. Apparently, we're new age kind of guys. Yeah, we get the tech and we like using it. Mm -hmm. it makes our yeah. lives more convenient. And I have somebody to argue with uh, whenever. And we know it exists yeah. because we have our podcast right. on Amazon Music specifically because we wanted to have make it available to people who have the Alexa to say, you know, Alexa, play the Messages and Methods podcast. And we're on Google Play. So anybody who has an Echo or one of the Google uh, smart uh, devices uh, can get it there as well. That's right. <coughs> Spotify is the most often used services to listen to podcasts. The percent of podcast creators who indicate listed services, uh, listed service is their most often used podcast listening service. 30% uh, use Spotify, 21% uh, use YouTube, and 11% use the iOS podcasts app, uh, such as uh, Apple Podcast. So around the house, I use Spotify. Um, and YouTube, when I'm sitting down, I'll use YouTube because it's not just a podcast. They're doing more and more. I don't know if you guys remember about six or seven months ago, we talked about uh, YouTube uh, filling a position for the head of the director or vice president of podcasting products. And so YouTube has seen itself as uh, one of those organizations that is primarily a visual, you know, streaming or uh, uploaded video, but they realize that more and more people are using a platform for podcasting. Um, even though if they podcast, there there are a percentage of people that podcast audio only on YouTube. The majority of them, I would say, are streaming or uploading to YouTube as podcasters. Um, because we do. I mean, 
our what we're doing right now is going to YouTube, and then we'll uh, we'll be downloaded and uploaded onto Anchor FM as a podcast. So I do use the podcast app. I use it, for example, when I'm going for my workout and I've got my pods in, and um, or shopping things where I, I just want to listen while I'm. And I always use it while I'm driving. The iOS app is uh, when I'm driving. I don't use Spotify very much, except if I'm doing on the smart speaker. Uh, the only time I'm use I use Spotify is when I play music and you know people are here and I want to just have music in the background. I'm, I'm I'm not a big music person. I never have been, so I don't hate it. I just don't have time for. It, I guess I don't want to pick on music. <laughs> Moving on. Creators over index for interest in tech, science, fiction, and drama. And the your number one, uh, it says a percentage of podcast creators who ever listen to podcasts featuring this topic, and their number one topic is comedy at 46%, then music at 43%, technology at 41%, entertainment at 37%, sports. 35%, news info at 32%, history at 32%, politics 31%, true crime 30%, science 30%, food 30%, drama 28%. And I read all of those because those are not my top. I don't listen to any of those, in fact. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do news and info, history and politics. And then there's kind of a science that includes archaeology, astronomy. Although I do watch some comedy <coughs> on YouTube but that is then turned into a podcast, right. such as The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Right. It's turned into a podcast, but I watch it on YouTube. And it's not; it's for it being a visual medium yeah. because it is, for example, Stephen Colbert. It makes the translation, the transition to podcasting very nicely because he's not using slides. And this is page one of two. <clears throat> right, here's the second one. Second page, is, it reads down travel, 27%, mystery thriller, 26%, games, 26%, fantasy, sci-fi, 26%, business. Hey, there's mine, 25%, specifically marketing and content creation. That's what I listen to. Uh, wellness and self, uh, self-improvement, I'm sure is 24%. That's something I also listen to, but not as frequently as business. Romance, 21%. Adult, adult fiction, 20%. Language, 18%. Philosophy, religion, 17%. Home and garden, 14%. Biography, memoir, 14%. And children's, 13%. So uh, yeah, I don't figure in there until it hits business for me. What about you? So I'm on you the, the uh, politics. Area. Yeah, I'm on the uh, previous page. Yeah. So I do um, technology, news and info, history and politics, and then science to include, you know, biology, uh, geology, astronomy, archaeology, things like that, paleontology. So I do have a couple of those. I, listen to. I think it. it again, skews towards men's interests because it is more men in, than women. In Listening, that's group. right. So yeah. you're going to have that too. The top 10 podcast topics by, by interest. Uh, I'm sorry. By the way, if you're wondering why Shelly is reading these, you have to remember this it, This ends up as our podcast and the people that are listening to the podcast don't see these slides. So uh, Shelly is... Come on over and watch it on YouTube. That's you can true. See the slides. Yeah. 
by the top 10 podcast topics by interest podcast or podcast creators. As we have said, comedy, music, technology, entertainment, sport, news and info, history, politics, true crime, and science. Uh, And again, uh, the numbers skew towards the male interest, I believe. I agree. Uh, and, And they do say they highlight that as by breach is the qualifier. So, yeah. I could see where that was male interest versus uh, female. Although uh, when we were at podcast, Laura Ivy from Edison Research was doing a presentation and she asked us to guess the top three podcasts listened to by men. And of course, one of them was Joe Rogan. And then she's, and then she showed, showed the slide. Of course it was a top. And then she asked to guess, asked us to guess which were the top three podcasts listened to by women and Joe Rogan was number two. So women listen to him too, for as annoying as he is. Creators are not significantly more active listeners than weekly podcast consumers. Uh, weekly time spent listening to podcasts for creators was eight hours and 18 minutes. And weekly listeners was seven hours and 30 minutes. So we do listen a little bit more uh, not as creators, yeah. but not significantly yeah. more. Yeah, you'd, you'd expect... About a half an hour, 45 minutes more. Mm-hmm. That's actually a pretty good number when you think about it. Mm-hmm. More than four in 10 creators have been listening to podcasts for over a year. How long have you been listening to podcasts was the question. And we have six months to one year was 28%. Uh, one to three years was 29%. Three to five years, 15%. Five plus years, 14%. Less than six months, 14%. So uh, those who are the top, you know, five or more years, 14%, and less than six months, 14%. Uh, but the number one was the uh, six months to three years, I guess. Yeah, that's that's what you're going to – so if you kicked out the, the bottom and the top right there, right? Yeah. Then you're left with this. So it's relatively newcomers on the yeah. scene. six months to five years. And these are podcasters. And they've been listening to podcasts for six months to three years. Um, so that's interesting. And it also kind of tell, it tells you that people don't stay in podcasting that long mm-hmm. uh, as well, maybe three years. Creators are extremely receptive to advertising in podcasts. How do you feel about sponsorship messages and podcasts you regularly listen to? That was the question. And the answers were 52% are interested or often find it useful. don't mind them, occasionally find them useful. 10% generally dislike or occasionally find them useful. 7% dislike completely and never find them useful. Uh, So we have people who are like, you know, I'm anti-commercials and I'll never have them in my show and I don't want to listen to other people's show all the way to, you know, I like to listen to them and I, you know, I have a lot of trust in my podcast hosts and I'm going to listen to what they have to say and and I find it useful and maybe I'll use those same sponsors someday. So I'm going to listen closely. So on the top end, I listen to podcasts and generally their advertising is for other podcasts. Hmm. So people will say, you know, Michael Cohen has 15 million listeners now. So let me advertise my podcast on that. Uh, and I check them out and they're, it's just not something I'm interested in. On the other hand, I also listen to Darknet Diaries and their sponsors are always people who develop uh, products either for security purposes, uh, you know, um, um, computer security or um, 
they advertise other podcasts. And I found that both of those are helpful. Like I, I, I will, if he mentions another podcast that covers that territory, the, the computer security territory, I'll go, I'll go listen to it a couple of times, see if it fits for me. His storytelling style beats all. I mean, he's got this great storytelling style that, uh, that is very good. Not everybody has mastered that. Creators are extremely receptive to advertising in podcasts uh, compared to hearing advertisements in other places. When you hear ads on podcasts, how likely are you to consider the brand advertised? 44% said much more likely. Uh, so that's good to know. Um, you know, again, it's like you said, you're, you're more likely to go listen to another podcast. I listen to, um, a couple of them about content marketing and their sponsor is uh, an email provider can convert kit. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm more likely to think, well, maybe I should check that out mm -hmm. you know? um, because they use it. They recommend it. Um, it's worth checking. It's yeah. worth checking out yeah. for yeah. content creators because it's more specifically aimed at content creators. So it must be for me. So I'm going to go look at it. So I've noticed over time with YouTube, for example, there's uh, I'm getting presented more advertising and it's the ads are longer and harder to skip ads with. So they've kind of figured out that uh, they can throw advertising at me and I won't, I'm, I'm, I'm at the stage now where I'm going to go to YouTube. What is it? The YouTube professional. What's the version? Red. That's not red anymore. There's no. a there's an advanced pro. pro, yeah, where you don't get any more advertising, mm. and it's fifteen dollars a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm at that stage where ugh, enough with the advertising there, big boy. Uh, plus, I noticed, like I said, the well, other yeah, but that creator doesn't have control over right. that that's, algorithm. That's, that's YouTube telling you, oh, I know what you are interested in this week. I'm going to show you that ad. So he, here's one of those funny things. Um, uh, in Florida, we're always talking about boats. And we I happened to pass by this location on Federal Highway that rented boats. And you have a fee that you're an annual fee, and then you can reserve the type of boat that you want, and you pay a fee based on fuel costs, right? Um, and I went back to my daughter's house and I started talking to my son-in-law Patrick, and I said, Hey, have you tried that boat rental thing? You know, maybe we could do something there. And uh, he said, yeah, and he had looked into it and his father had tried it for a while. It said, we talked about it. The next time I got on YouTube, damn if it didn't show me the first video that I looked at, damn if it, and it had nothing to do with the video, had nothing to do with boats. Uh, but it showed me an ad for that exact, exact location in Boca Raton that does boat rentals. I'm going like, that's It just shows you how effective YouTube advertising is. Yeah. Well, apparently. If you want to advertise your product on YouTube, that's probably a good way to go. The other thing that I'm getting from YouTube is they seem to be surveying me a lot. Mm -hmm. At least once a day I get a, could you help YouTube by answering just one question? Creators support each other. In the past 12 months, have you given money to support a podcast? 68% said yes. Have you? No. Neither have I. But... You know, uh, I, oh. I was gifted a membership uh, for a month on one that I watch on YouTube. But Actually, that's different. not true. I listen to QAnon Anonymous, and they have a Patreon account. Mm. And the Patreon account is $5 a month, and you get two, four extra podcasts a month. And So I, I, I do belong to that. So I have contributed to another podcaster. There you go. 
Creators support each other. Percent of podcast creators who currently engage in listed behavior. And we have 60% who pay for a podcast subscription on Apple Podcasts. 75% pay for Spotify Premium. And 48% pay for a podcast subscription on Patreon. That's where I fall. That's where you are. I mean, they have their regular podcast, uh, but they do premium podcasts on their Patreon account. Sorry, it's it's five bucks a month, you know. I spend five bucks when I drive to Santa Fe on gas. I know. So here are the observations. While while the listener profile is nearly representative of the U.S. population, those involved with the creation of podcasts, not just the hosts, but that means like editors and producers and managers, uh, those who are involved with the creation of podcasts are overwhelmingly male. The industry needs to do more to encourage female creators at every level, from production to sound design to hosting. And we feel like we've made that contribution, not just I'm, by... I'm happy to host your show if you want it hosted by a female <laughs> podcaster. And I'm happy to produce your show if you want to... Oh, no, I'm not a female. Never mind. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, we felt like we made our contribution when we did our Women in Podcasting uh, book with the interviews that we did at the... Uh, she podcast conference back in October. So we've always, um, we've always not, not that we're not that we're um, particular to women podcasters, but we would like to see women podcasters in the mix. They, they have their good storytellers uh, and it gives them the opportunity to amplify their voice in a very inexpensive way. Creators aged 45 plus are underrepresented, which may be one reason why podcast listening has always lagged with older demographics. I think there's another reason. And like I said, my parents don't even understand what a podcast is or how to access one, but they would be interested if somebody shows them, look, here is a podcast that would be really great for you to listen to because, you know, it's got information that, that would ha- be helpful to you, such as the one I mentioned, StrokeCast, where they talk about recovery from stroke. Their sponsors are people who produce uh, equipment and things, uh, programs for people recovering from stroke. And this is any age, right? They're the 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 host of the show had a stroke, I think he said five years ago, he just had his five year anniversary. And he is, um, I think he's in this early 50s, late 40s. So uh, you can have a stroke at any age, but that's beyond the point. (laughs) The point is, people in the older demographics need to be shown that this exists that it is something that would be helpful to them to listen to and and then to understand how to access that. Um, So it isn't just about being podcasters at at our age. It is also about uh, showing older people how to access and listen to podcasts. But again, we are happy to help people in our age group learn how to be podcasters. Or if nothing else, how to how to listen to podcasts if you plan on becoming a podcaster. That's because right. I think an important step in becoming a podcaster is listening to podcasts that have some level of interest for you, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. So this is accurate it, when they say underrepresented as opposed to undersampled. Underrepresented means they sampled 
uh, everyone equally, and they just didn't find much in the 45 plus. The implication that they'd find anything at 55 plus or even where we are, so I, I am 65 plus is just, just not there for us. There is an element of economic academic privilege to the creation of a podcast. Grassroots efforts to empower creators in economically depressed areas and in schools will only serve to make the space more vibrant and lock in future listeners. So that's an interesting assumption that it would make it more vibrant with uh, voices. I think that's what's important. Uh, so the variety of voices. So for me, listening to um, Hispanic artists doing their own podcast is is exciting to me because it does make it sound more vibrant, more realistic, and, and a better sample of what's happening in the United States. And I was very happy to see the statistic relating to uh, ethnicity in terms of U.S. population versus ethnicity in terms of podcasters, where the Hispanic um, population was overrepresented and uh, or, or over-indexed. Um, and I thought that was really good. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. And just like we see on television, there's more and more diversity. Um, I'm watching something called Ms. Marvel on Disney right now, and it's about an Indian-American young woman who is uh, part of the Marvel Universe, uh, becoming a superhero, and it's her story. And her whole family is involved in it, and they are all Indian-American, and some are still in Indian Pakistan. Uh, and it introduces you to their culture through this story. So that is wonderful for those people who are for the first time maybe seeing themselves on television being represented in a very positive light and uh they can you know feel uplifted and the same goes with podcasting so if uh you're in a demographic that is underrepresented and you can do a podcast and and reach out to those people who are feeling like you know i'm not seeing myself on television, I'm not hearing myself in podcasts, and, and bring them in and lift them up. And if you look at it, for example, I have an interest, uh, again, because of my heritage in Native American uh, podcasters, but they are undersampled and they are underrepresented, representative, therefore they're underindexed. And that's, no, that's nobody's fault, they've just never shown an interest. I know of one on TikTok, for example, and he's very active. Um, but I, there, there is a Native American component on TikTok. The algorithm doesn't show me that simply because I haven't figured out that's part of my, you know, my heritage. So, um, but they're out there. Some of the economic and ideological biases of creators show up in the differences between what genres of podcast are popular, such as true crime, society and culture, and what creators are more prone to consume, which is technology, history and science. So it's an interesting observation because I'm not sure necessarily that I agree with it that because the conclusion they're making is that podcast creators listen to things differently than podcast uh, podcast listeners who aren't creators. And, and that's a very, to me, that's a very subtle, subtle distinction that you have to generate. And when I saw them, uh, they say they were over-indexed in the categories. The categories that they said they were over-indexed fall into the middle of that first page. To me, that's not over-indexed. Again, I think it's, again, you know, it's skewed male, male interests. Yeah. So I think that's what explains this. The that indexing. true crime is the one of the most popular things. That's because a lot of women listen to true crime, but, you know, less women are podcasting. Hmm. 
For some, creating a podcast is potentially their introduction to being a regular podcast listener, period. If every new podcast only brings with it a literal handful of new listeners, the space is enriched. So creating a podcast is sometimes the only reason they start listening to podcasts to, to kind of compare, okay, how can I make my podcast better? Well, I'm going to listen to a few competitors and see what they're doing so I can improve my own show. Uh, and then maybe they start, you know, going outside of their competitors and just listening to things that are of interest to them. We can never forget that every new creator is a listener. And these listeners are extremely receptive to podcast advertising, as well as directly supportive of their fellow creators. We aren't just empowering creators. We are enabling an economy. A creator economy. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you've been a waiter, waitress, server of some kind, you're more likely to tip well because you've been there and in their shoes and you know what they're going through and how much work they're doing. So you're more likely to tip them well. Uh, it's the same kind of thing with uh, supporting other creators. I went through all this myself and I had these uh, obstacles I had to overcome and maybe other people helped me. So I'm going to help others to do the same. And if that means I'm going to join their Patreon for $5 a month, you know, I'm going to do that to be supportive because I like this content and I want it to continue. So I do tip a little bit better because I did work as a waiter when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sounds profitable. Uh, study, research study that was done again by uh, Edison Research and sponsored by Ad Results Media, PRX, PodNews.net, Simplecast, Market Ingenuity, Podbean, Red Circle, Spreaker, and Podcast Movement. All about the creators, the people behind the podcasts. So we didn't post it here, but if you're interested in the podcast economy, the podcast industry, go to the Edison website, uh, Edison's uh, research website, and they publish all their research as soon as it's completed online. It's free. Uh, and um, we've looked at several of their uh, recent reports, um, and we always find it informative. They're very good at what they do. Yeah. And we like Laura Ivy a lot. <laughs> she's in our, as a matter of fact, she's, she's one, of the, one uh, of the people in our she, book, uh, in our, Women in, in Podcasting. podcasting. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So check that out on Amazon at books.agkmedia.studio. Yeah, that's where it is. Okay. That's all we have for today. And again, uh, next week, we'll be talking about what we thought we were going to talk about this week, which was uh, memberships and courses. And uh, that will be on next Thursday. Next Wednesday, we'll be back with news and views. And uh, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Have a great we'll, weekend. We'll talk. We'll see you guys next week. Bye for now. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0, hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please come back again next week.